Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, wide receivers who block and tight ends who catch. Typically, it's the reverse that gets talked about. We just like switching things up a bit. Speaking of receivers, how about DeAndre Hopkins playing the role of mentor to defensive backs? That's right. But first, phase two of training camp. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 454, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So week number four of training camp and a little bit different feel this week because no fans in attendance. As we mentioned on Sunday, that was the last open practice. So as far as covering what we do here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, kind of not like the regular season, just the first 20 minutes open and available to report on. We can watch the entire thing, but that is just kind of more for informational purposes, background. So what we're able to say is some good news because there were some additional players on the field earlier on Monday. Team making some roster moves, so it was good to see running back James Conner, tight end Darrell Daniels, defensive lineman Lucky Fotu, and safety Charles Washington on the field. They've been activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. Always good, and all four of those looked very, very solid, at least going through individual position drills. And they only have one other guy right now, and that's Andy Isabella. And, you know, tomorrow around the league, teams have to get down from 90 to 85. As for the Cardinals, they had 91 players in camp because of Sykovitz, who will not count against the 90-man roster. He's also eligible to be on the practice squad. And so once Andy Isabella comes back, they're going to have to make another roster move. And according to Cliff Kingsbury, Isabella will not be able to play again this Friday against the Chiefs. Yeah, that is going to be two missed preseason games, which leaves Isabella with one at the Saints on the 28th, provided he is healthy enough to play. He is off that reserve COVID-19 list. Valuable reps, game reps, but practice reps. And this, I would think, you know, I, I made it clear early on in training camp that I didn't think his position was secure on this roster when you look at the top five, top six, and this is not going to bow well for him concerning Antoine Wesley is back on the practice field. He was going through individual drills once again for a second straight day along with A.J. Green. Don't know if they were already involved in any team work, and I do like Wesley just because of his height at six foot four, and then the fact that one of the team, one of the roster moves made to get down to that that 85-man limit was the release of wide receiver JoJo Ward. you got to wonder, MJ, as much as we've talked about Andre Bocelli, number 82, 5'10", 75. he catches everything. He's got the ability to play on special teams. How much is he pushing perhaps to be that number six or seven wide receiver if they keep that many? Yeah, I would say uh, Bocelli right now is number seven. I thought JoJo Ward, um, who has been in the system in the last couple of years, but, you know, Bocelli's a guy that's got a little bit different time, uh, body frame. Um, JoJo Ward's more of a speed guy, and I think they got enough of those guys on the roster with Andy Isabella. And then, you know, Christian Kirk, as you pointed out, uh, what a good observation. He was playing on the outside in that game where, you know, Cliff, early on, you would think that between him and Rondell Moore, again, I, I think Isabella, he may be a, 
a guy that's on the active roster, but he may, may be a guy that's going to be on sweats unless an injury occurs because Keyshawn Johnson is getting a ton of reps on special teams. And when you want to go out four, four or five wide, and let's be honest, you know, can A.J. Green play all 17 games? Is Hopkins, good? Is Hopkins on paper you think he's going to play all 17? But it's a big difference. I mean, it's hard to play 16 games. And that's why I think you, we'll get into the running back position. I think it's important the Cardinals look at the top four guys there. You know, can Connor stay healthy? Obviously, they're not going to tote the ball 250 times each. So that will help. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, Craig, well, before we get into some of the other stuff, I you know, we still have Cardinals break camp the 26th, and then that's when things are going to get really interesting because I think we're going to see, you know, the J.J. Watts on the field and hopefully Jordan Phillips, et cetera. Maybe Brian Winters is there. But when you start looking at, like, your top three tight ends, and, you know, I think Demetrius Harris has really come in here and asserted himself. Um, we Made know. a nice catch during 11-on-11 11 11 on Sunday's open practice because he has the – height he has that targets at six foot seven now he's 230 which is I think 30 to 35 pounds lighter than a Max Williams or a Darrell Daniels I don't know how much of a blocker he might be but we did see Max Williams in that opener against the Dallas Cowboys standing up in the slot so we might more likely see a tight end as a quote-unquote wide receiver as opposed to a blocking tight end this yeah season. so I mean right now and, and things can change I mean we when teams start making cuts, if the Cardinals scouts who, who are at these preseason games, if they, you know, recommend it, obviously it's got to go up to the food chain. But so let's say those are the top three tight ends as of today. Um, we know that the top two, and, and I got to think Harris is going to be on the roster. I mean, clearly the Cardinals made a decision to bring him in after, you know, a couple of weeks of training camp. And yes, they lost, they like Ross Travis, but he's more of a practice squad. So three tight ends, I think it's safe to say four running backs you know, but there's two starters in Chase and Connor, and then you throw in Jonathan Ward. He's got to get back on the practice field. And then the way, you know, Benjamin's playing, so I go, go there. And then, you know, six wide receivers. So, again, a lot can change, but you're starting to see what this roster is going to look like heading into the season. Three other players released to get down to that 85 number. Another wide receiver, Alevo Hifo, defensive lineman Darius Kilgo, and running back Ito Smith. To your point about the running back room, maybe Eno Benjamin showing enough against the Cowboys to where he's number three or number four, along with Jonathan Ward, who once again was not available, at least not during the open portion of practice on Monday. Also missing from Monday's practice, DeAndre Hopkins, Darquez Denard, Chris Banjo, Marcus Golden wasn't seen. And according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, dealing with a minor issue. So for whatever that's worth, the good news, Max Garcia, who had exited Sunday's practice towards the latter half, was on the football field, so that was good to see. Zach Allen has returned. Corey Peters was dressed and practicing. All good news for the Cardinals, especially when we get talking about that defensive line room. Lucky Fotu is back. Rashard Lawrence, still haven't seen him, and we haven't seen Jordan Phillips and J.J. Watt, the latter of which I don't think we're going to see until the week one practice. Now, as far as Jordan Phillips is concerned, I think for me there is a little bit of a worry just because we haven't seen him now for several days going on weeks, and Kingsbury was asked specifically about Phillips in the preseason, quote, we're not sure just yet. So that, to me, I think it's maybe more serious than anticipated or is taking longer for him to get back on the field. But 
that is a person, that is a player along the defensive line that I had high hopes for considering it was a disappointment not seeing him on the field a year ago because of injuries, and you pair him up with a J.J. Watt and a Zach Allen and Lucky Fotu and Rashard Lawrence. That's a solid defensive line rotation, but if you're missing a Jordan Phillips, a big-ticket item in free agency a couple of years back, that's going to prove costly, I think. Well, I'll say this. Um, you know, I was excited with the signing, and, and clearly I had some intel because Vance was in Miami. He, he really had one good year in Buffalo, and they had a really good defense, and maybe he benefited from that. And uh, i got to say, I, I don't know if I could sit here and say you can count on him. We talk about 17 games. I mean, I, I want to see the guy to get on the practice field. Now, if he – you know, he's, he's going to be a starter. I mean, clearly he's got the body to be a starter, but worst-case scenario is – you would have Zach Allen, Corey Peters, and J.J. Watt. I mean, again, those, all of those guys can obviously, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, but obviously want to stop the run. And then that's going to put a little more uh, on the plate of Rashad Lawrence and Lucky Foto, and we'll see how that other position shake out. So just to me, Jordan Phillips has got to get on the practice field. I'll say this, as far as the negative is no Phillips, the positive is being able to see others step up. And Michael Dogby, the 2019 seventh-round selection, it's year three for him. It's a development that we've seen from year one to two to three. And I think he's starting to fill out the uniform. He's listed at 280 pounds, six foot three. He just looks like a different player. I'd love to get the thoughts of Brenton Buckner to see how much he has seen Michael Dogby improve. But that would be the seventh defensive lineman. And do you carry seven because you're not sure on some other guys as far as health going forward? Not just Jordan Phillips, but everyone else in that room as well, considering that they've dealt with things during training camp. So Michael Dogby, an interesting name to keep an eye on when we talk about the defensive line and getting a nice rotation. And then sometimes, remember, Vance Joseph, you only play 2D linemen on a given snap or a given series, and there have been a handful of times where there was no one in a three-point stance. Yeah, Michael Dogby, he, he, uh, that's a good observation, again, from a standpoint. He looks like he's gotten a lot stronger, and I can tell that both uh, Rashard Lawrence and Lucky Foto have gotten into better shape. I mean, that's just when you carry that kind of weight, and, again, they're not asked to play 65 snaps. But I'm glad you mentioned Michael Dogby. I think they'll keep seven, and then you'll have six on game day. And, Craig, it wouldn't surprise me. They brought in three defensive linemen in last week, right? Marcus Hunt, uh, Josh Morrill. Jack Crawford. And Jack Crawford. I would try to slide those guys on the practice squad. Now, they are subject to waivers. Um, you know, defensive line teams are always trying to stack that position because you do rotate that position. But if somebody goes down, there's there's going to be – a, a little bit of uh, less production. So I, the, all three of those guys played. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I think they keep seven. And if I had a guess right now, I think Dogby, just based on him being in the system, you could see that the ceiling is a little bit higher for him now. And, you know, he could be, he could be productive. But, again, he's going to be a rotation guy. Now we're talking here on August 16th. We still have almost a month before the first regular season game. Now a lot can happen, but as we sit here and we only have based off what we're able to see, and it certainly is a concern, at least from my standpoint, as far as the defensive line is concerned. All right, Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. As we mentioned, it's week four and a little bit different now because only 20 minutes open 
to the media. I'll say this, though. Where we stand here at State Farm Stadium, we're on the quote-unquote defensive side of the football field, and we're at a position where we can see the running backs work, we can see the linebackers work, and the defensive linemen work. And specifically, it was a padded practice on Monday, and linebackers coach Bill Davis got the linebackers, the inside linebackers together at the start of their position grouping and said, quote, set the tempo. And he pulled guys around and mentioned that this was one of their one of the final padded practices of training camp. And this is one of those practices, I'm paraphrasing here, that separates those who have a passion and a love for the game and those that just want to get through training camp and get to the regular season. He wanted to see something in those inside linebackers during Monday's practice. And I think to a certain extent, at least during position work, they did have that energy, that effort, because, you know, coming off a preseason game, you were in shells on Sunday, and then you ramp back up on Monday towards a second preseason game on Friday. So the inside linebacker's position, as long as you keep everyone healthy, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, Jordan Hicks, Tanner Vallejo, I like that grouping, and you want to throw in Ezekiel Turner just because of what he's able to do on special teams. But the inside linebacker's if they can perform this season, then I do think it bodes well for the rest of the defense. Kind of an inside outlook at that entire defensive package. I just feel it's all, it starts all up front, though, because, it, it, you know, nothing against uh, Collins or Simmons or Hicks, but if they're making tackles four or five yards past the line of scrimmage, then they're, they're not getting a push up front. And then I got to think when you look at Corey Peters and J.J. Watt and Zach Allen and hopefully Phillips, and then we talked about the rotation guys, I mean, I got to think, just looking ahead to that Tennessee game, you have to have your big bodies in there. So I anticipate that Corey Peters is going to be the starter in Week One. I, I just feel that way, but you're, he's not going to play a t- uh, you know every snap. But they got to stop the run first, and then those linebackers can come up and scrape. And you know, you look at the game, and Collins played more than Simmons. Simmons, it's interesting because, you know, the unicorn and the eraser and he's, you know, there are times that he'll cover the slot, he'll cover the tight end. They're they're actually showing, you know, even last week that he can rush the passer. I want to see more from Isaiah Simmons in these preseason games. Again, he's a starter, but, you know, he's got a lot going on. And the fact that Jordan Hicks is on the field sometimes with Collins, I think that makes total sense. He can help him, even though – Collins is, is the, the the last line of defense when it comes to making the calls, but uh, I was bull, I'm bullish on Isaiah Simmons. I just want to see him make some impact plays. And again, it's hard to judge because they're bringing players in and out, and so I'll wait to the season. But they need that Isaiah Simmons to take that second year, like we always talk about. Simmons played 14 snaps Friday against the Cowboys, as compared to Zayvon Collins' 23. Jordan Hicks on the field for 11 snaps, and it's that pairing of Collins and Simmons that those two need to be on the field together more. And I hope we see that come Friday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, how much starters will play, who knows? We know the Chiefs have gone on record that they will plan to play their starters probably maybe the entire first quarter. At least that was at last check from head coach Andy Reid. Kingsbury not as forthcoming. I think that they're still working towards that, and maybe by Wednesday or Thursday we'll get a better idea. But every coach has a different approach on how to get ready for the regular season. Some believe you need to play. Others, it's like, hey, 
let's make sure we're healthy. But in terms of Collins and Simmons, to me, those players need to play and not just focusing on them individually, but how they work together as a unit. Good point. And, you know, the fact is probably Andy Reid's going to play his starters for a quarter. So that could be two possessions, maybe a third possession. And I would hope that the Cardinals would have their young inside linebackers playing and then you can sprinkle in some of the other guys. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know if we're going to see Kyler Murray. I mean, I I don't know. I, you would think that you want to get him a couple reps, but I thought last week would have been the perfect uh, time to get, get uh, him some uh, snaps with Rodney Hudson. Um, again, Colt McCoy still learning the offense. We get the fast forward to week one. He's not going to get a lot of reps in practice. Usually the scout team quarterback could be Chris Strebler clearly if he's on the 53 or the practice squad. So I understand what they're doing with McCoy. Um, I don't I don't know if we're going to see Murray, and, and I get it. At the end of the day, it's not worth the risk. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not like they're going to have designed run plays for him. I mean, he's going to be out there with the starting offensive line, but he doesn't have Hopkins, and we'll see if A.J. Green plays. And, and nothing against Rondell Moore or Christian Kirk. You want to have your best players out there. So uh, I understand. I thought he would play at least a – possession you said maybe they go three and out take them out I thought maybe you go on a nice drive then take them out you know kind of get some momentum going but they have more information than we do and it wouldn't surprise me if Colt McCoy starts again and I, and I don't know anything yeah I'm, I'm hopeful that Kyler Murray is on the field on Friday night working with that offensive line getting some game action not just training camp work but game action yes it's preseason but game action with Rodney Hudson and that offensive line now we still don't know what's going to happen at right guard but until Brian Winters and Justin Murray come back it's Josh Jones and that unit needs to know where Kyler Murray is going to be under certain situations. You know, make sure you don't drift, step up in the pocket, roll out, throw on the run, and then work as far as the running backs are concerned. So he doesn't need to be on the field a lot. I, it, it, there's a part of me as a fan also of Kyler Murray and his skill set. I would like to see what he does against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Now, I'm sure Kingsbury will get asked about it on Wednesday. That's the last day of availability prior to the season, or excuse me, the preseason game on Friday but just the way we saw last week work it was yeah he's definitely going to play and then it was Friday no he got enough work in during the week we don't want to risk it out there so I get that thinking but you know selfishly someone who's going to watch the game and have to and then talk about it later on Cardinal Talk yeah you want to be able to see number one in action and according to Darren Urban um you know, last yesterday on Sunday was the last day for the fans to be here, and Kyler Murray had his best day. Yeah, he was very sharp, and you could just see having, you know, he didn't do much on Wednesday. Thursday was more of a walk through the game on Friday. He did not participate, and then Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday day off and Monday. So plenty of days off, and he certainly did look apart. But the ball came out of his arm real nice. Yeah, and to me, he's throwing a really nice ball, and, and – and, Clearly, he's excited about the wide receivers and the offense as a whole. And according to Kingsbury, he's maintained this a few different times. He's mastered the offense. Now it's about taking that next step, you know, cutting down on the negative plays, et cetera. Um, but, I, I, but I understand, though, um, what the Cardinals' decision would be regardless because, I, I mean, when, when I saw the, the Chargers announce that Justin Herbert is not playing, I'm like, wow, this guy, they got a brand new head coach. He's the defensive mind head coach. He had to bring a whole new staff in. But it's not worth the risk. Now, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matthew Stafford, those guys are savvy veterans. They've been there and done that. But 
it's it's more prevalent now than it's ever been. Usually that first preseason game, starters, quarter. Second one, maybe maybe you go into the second quarter. And then they always talk about a dress rehearsal on that third one where sometimes teams will come out in that first possession. Third. I think teams are treating the third preseason game like it's going to be the fourth preseason game. Yeah, and that second preseason game becomes the dress rehearsal where the starters play the most. Now, that might not be every team, and that might be the Cardinals come Friday against the Chiefs. But, again, selfishly, let's hope that happens. Now, as far as the players that haven't been on the practice field in a while, it doesn't sound like we might see them even this week. Kingsbury brought up that he didn't expect, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins. You know, if you haven't been practicing for a while, like a Darquez Denard or a Chris Banjo, that, you know, why risk it come Friday? But we'll we'll keep an eye on it here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we continue to come from Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. As we look now, I know you wanted to get into something that probably isn't discussed too much but that is as far as the wide receivers and tight ends the wide receiver yeah they catch the football but there's another aspect of that group that they need to be able to do and that is block and then tight ends well they're always asked to block but you need someone who can catch the ball as well but first the wide receiver position as far as helping this offense especially in the running game wide receivers if it's a run play, you better block downfield and not just the guy in front of you. Maybe you look inside and take a linebacker out of the equation as well. Well, we know that this team wants to run downhill, and they can run the zone read. They can run the RPOs, the pistols. Now, Larry Fitzgerald is still a free agent. I don't see him showing up anytime soon, and you know we've had that conversation over and over. So Larry was one of the better blockers in the National Football League. He was willing to get dirty. And if you're going to run downhill and you want to get to the edge, you're going to have to have your wide receivers block. It's not their forte, but it's engaging on a defensive back or a corner where he's going to try to come down and undercut and make the tackle. You just got to hold up on him. You can't hold the guy, but you got to get in front of him and you have to try to push him back. Um, I don't know who that guy is on the roster. I really don't. I mean, it was Larry Fitzgerald. So, um, we talk about, yes, they can go four-wide, you know, 11-12 personnel, two tight ends. You got, clearly got blockers there. But if they're going to run like they say they are and they're going to run downhill and they're going to run some outside zone reads, you're going to have to have some guys block. And I'm wondering who's going to take that that baton and be that guy. It can't be just one guy. It's going to be a couple. And, and, again, I'm not saying you have to pancake someone, but you have to – 11-on-11 football, if one guy's not doing his job, somebody's free. So you got to get in front of the, the DB or the safety just to give your uh, running back an opportunity to get three to four or five yards. Yeah, get in the way. Get in the way. Great point. Get in the way of the defender, whether yep. that's with your hands, whether that's with your shoulder, your body, your hips, just to get a little bit of room for that running back to spring forward. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, veterans of the game, maybe not physical, but they're smart enough to know that if it's a running play – and there's a guy in front of him, cornerback. Or Shield even a, him. Exactly. Shield Perfect, him. yes. Because if they're running to the right and, and hops on the left side, you can shield that guy. You know, like I wouldn't say a decoy, but as you see him running across the field, you kind of run a little route, dig route, slant, even though they know they're going to run the ball. So, you know, again, shield the guy, but like you said, just get in the way. 
And I think that is something that doesn't get talked a lot about with a Hopkins or an A.J. Green. It's always about the catches and the one-handed grabs and the catch in traffic. But this team does need to be able to run the football efficiently. doesn't have to be 200 yards a game, but make sure you keep that defense honest. And Chase Edmonds and James Conner, I'll throw in Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward, went on the field. They've looked very good in run situations, 11-on-11 during practices that have been open to the public. There are some holes that these offensive linemen are opening up, but if you want to spring it to the second level, third level, then all of a sudden it's those wide receivers down the field that have to do their job because offensive linemen are within the first five yards of the line of scrimmage. So, all right, now we want to make it a 20-yard run. Well, that's going to mean Hopkins, Green, Christian Kirk, Keyshawn Johnson, whoever's on the field, or Rondell Moore. How do they handle blocking? And that's something that is worked on in training camp because we do see wide receivers take on linebackers. Uh, We do see them as far as working the physicality with a corner or a safety, but it is not something that is highlighted a lot when it comes to wide receivers because what we do see is a wide receiver pancake or become physical, but I don't know if there is that wide receiver. As I look at the wide receiver list on the Arizona Cardinals, is there that physical wide receiver? Maybe someone surprises us, and we do have that guy that was, quote-unquote, Larry Fitzgerald for so many years. Well, Hopkins has got a little bit different body type than A.J. Green. A.J. Green's huge, okay? He's, he's got long legs. He's, he's, you know, you could see his hips and his thighs are thick. So, he to me, he should be able to block like that because he's going to be on the outside. So, once again, just get in the way. Um, and then you take a look at Rondell Moore. He's probably going to get the ball a lot, so I don't know how much blocking he can do. It's Again, you just got to engage on the guy, but that's something that people don't talk about. And if this team's going to run these outside run plays, you're going to have to block. And, again, it's just engaging. And to me, Green has the body type where he could be that guy. Yeah, he's built a little bit bigger than a DeAndre Hopkins, six foot four, two ten. Hopkins, six one, two twelve. But I do think at that point of their careers, it's – Sometimes it's not the most talented guy, but because of the experience, it's the smarts, little tricks of the trade. And all of a sudden, maybe you don't have to engage the physicality or be rough with the guy. But as you said, just get in the way, shield, do that little thing that sometimes that the guy that you're blocking, whether it's a corner or a safety, is not ready for especially if it's a younger player on defense yeah and when Larry knew he wasn't getting the ball he would come and seal the edge and he never wanted to knock anybody out obviously the hit on Sherman he he actually helped him up Uh, but that's just sealing the edge there where he he again it's all you got to do is get in front of a guy and he can't go around you he's going to try to go through you and that's where Larry did a really good job just kind of sealing the edge allowing those backs to get to the outside and get a five-yard gain and make it a 10-yard gain By the way, it's really unfortunate we don't have a video camera recording and capturing this edition, this episode of Cardinals Cover 2. MJ, very animated with the arms, the legs, (laughs) and just the the, the shoulders and getting really up up in his chair like he's about to explode on someone. (laughs) You can be the example for those wide receivers. Show them how it's done. Yeah, I'm I'm just – I know we're doing a podcast, but uh, you, oh, you're right. They, there should be some little GoPro over here and like just showing me acting like an idiot, so to speak, because I'm showing Craig what I want the wide receivers to do. That's what I was doing. So good, good uh, 
on your part that you noticed that. Hopefully we'll see some of that come Friday when the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs are in town. You like what you hear on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and the Dave Pash Podcast. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, the other aspects of the offense, the tight end position, and, yeah, it's always about the blocker and the sixth guy on the line of scrimmage. And sometimes that happens, but I'll say this, and I mentioned it earlier, Max Williams standing up in the slots on Friday night. How much do we see the tight end? Yes, they're the tight end, so it's 11 personnel or 12 personnel, but that tight end is either split wide as a receiver, which Max Williams has done, or split as a slot wide receiver. How much do you think that is part of this offense? you got your tight end on the field to where, hey, maybe they are that blocking wide receiver, but it's a tight end because they're a little bit bigger and they're a little bit more physical. But the wide receiver, the tight end, I should say, as a wide receiver in this offense. And I, one other thing that you and I were talking about as we were watching the open portion of practice today was – Kyler Murray, 11 to 19 yards. I mean, to me, again, you get that U-shape, give Kyler a second or two, and he can make that throw to Max Williams down the seam. So, yeah, I mean, that's almost 10 personnel. If you're lining him up as a wide receiver versus the uh, uh, next to Beecham or D.J. Humphreys, so now all of a sudden he's – and you know how I feel. The league has changed. It's about running backs and tight ends – who are now matched up with linebackers and safeties. And that's the league now. That, and, and Cardinals feel like they get that matchup with Dan Arnold last year. But Max Williams, he catches – I mean, he doesn't drop a lot of balls. I know he had the fumble in the game. But when you watch him run his route, he's a big target out there. So, again, 11 to 19 yards, that's where Kyler has to show improvement. But I'm, I'm seeing him throw the ball – to the middle of the field more than we have maybe in previous training camps. It's amazing, and maybe it's a point of emphasis in training camp for this season as far as how much we see that wide receiver, excuse me, we see that tight end run down the middle of the field in between the hash marks because everyone's focused on Hopkins on one side, Green on the other, and where's Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk coming across the middle, and all of a sudden you lose sight of the tight end, whether they're in a three-point stance, chipping and then flaring out, or they're just standing as a wide receiver and going downfield. It's what we've seen teams do against the Cardinals for a number of years. It would be nice to be on the other end of that, seeing tight ends, and it doesn't have to be 80, 90 yards a game, but an effective 40, 45, 50, 55 yards in key moments, third and seven. Maybe it's a touchdown or you catch a defense off guard, but the amount of times that we've seen the tight end catch passes down the seam in training camp is something that I'm not alone, and we're not alone, MJ, in noticing that because I do think if all things are equal, that that becomes part of this offense that we haven't seen a lot of in years past. Yeah, and bringing in Demetrius uh, Harris, I mean, this guy catches the football. He may not be the biggest guy. He catches the ball in traffic. Uh, he's willing to die for the pass and, you know, and, and practice. And so uh, he could be – I know Max is more of a blocker, but he also, as you said, he can release. And he's really I – mean, besides dropping a ball in the sun, he catches the ball. Harris, to me, you can also make the case that if they want to go three wide and one tight, Harris can 
lineup as a wide receiver. And now, again, linebacker safety, I'll take my chances with Harris against that secondary. Now, it might just be semantics, but when you do have a tight end lined up as a wide receiver, is it officially considered 11 personnel, or is that because it's a tight end in name that it's still – I, I don't. I mean, when you're at the end of the season stats, hey, you know the Cardinals were the biggest, you know, the biggest team to run ten personnel. But you know, how many of those ten personnels was it a tight end, or do they account for the fact that it was a tight end, so it becomes eleven personnel, but the tight end is a wide receiver? Yeah, I, I, based on the NFL uh, statistics and stats on, per, on personnel groupings, if you have three wide receivers and a tight end and a running back, that's eleven personnel. I mean, whether regardless they of whether they line up, out or even not. a running back flexed out as a, as yeah, a wide receiver. Right. Okay. Okay. And the other thing is, we know Cliff has the wide receivers when they're all on the field. They can go four wide, and then you got Chase Edmonds. He can go in motion. He could be your fifth guy. And that's ten personnel, four wide, one back. But don't be surprised if you see Chase Edmonds go out there. Now you got five guys all running different routes. And I can – I'm picturing this because what was the other thing that everyone talked about this offseason was the pre-snap motion, and the Cardinals were the worst team, had the lowest amount of percentage of pre-snap motion. I believe the 49ers were the highest or second highest. All right, so you have a running back in the backfield, a tied, up, tied in in a three-point stance, and your, two, and your three wide receivers. Well, then all of a sudden there's pre-snap motion. The tight end comes across and lines up in the slot, and then the running back moves out of the backfield and lines up in the slot. And all of a sudden, whoa, that's five wide. No, it was 11 personnel that turned into five wide. Pre-snap motion, getting the defense to react to what you want to do, and that's that cat-and-mouse game that offensive coordinators play with defensive coordinators. So I would like to see more of that aspect of this game if you want to really air it out. But you're showing a more traditional offense, and then all of a sudden you're breaking it and go, wait, all of a sudden Kyler Murray has got five different options. He can look two on one side, three on another. You know, I can't remember if it was the first week in training camp. Uh, it must have been because Connor was obviously on the field and Chase, and they had – both backs in the backfield, and one went in motion. So now all of a sudden you're taking the safety or the linebacker, you're taking them out of the play because they got to go out to the outside and cover a running back. Saw a lot of two-back sets on Friday against the Cowboys as well. Now not a lot of motion out of the backfield, but yeah. just two running backs flanking the quarterback out of the shotgun yeah. or in the backfield with the quarterback under center. So we're seeing – different things now we need to make sure we see it come the regular season because it's that predictability and not being creative enough and everything that we heard at the end of the regular season a year ago you know I do hope that self-scouting came into a factor and said we just need to show a little bit more maybe it's the maybe it's the exact same offense but you're giving it new dressing if you will it's a fresh coat of paint on this offense based off what you're really showing before the ball is hiked. Again, I wouldn't begrudge them for running the 10 personnel because I know they have the players to do it, but I'm a, I'm a 11 and 12 personnel guy. I mean, I get these two tie downs out. Now, Darrell Daniels, there are times he's been inconsistent, but he's he's known as a blocker. I mean, yes, if, if he's wide open, Kyler will throw it to him, but 12 personnel, you can go now with uh, Harris and Max Williams where maybe Harris goes out for a pass. Um, usually if Darrell Daniels and Max are in there, you're probably going to run out of that formation. But I think it gives us some flexibility, though. 
One more notes on the wide receiver position, but first things first, need to let everyone know, very excited about this. Coming up next month, in fact, September 8th, Folktales, something that a lot of people have been working a lot of hours on this summer as far as the story behind the story, what we know of and then what goes on behind the scenes. And Episode 1, Legendary Locker, premieres September 8th on the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Arizona Cardinals, and Legendary Locker deals with Pat Tillman. We know his story but the locker that was saved by, aided by our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, and now has become a focal point downstairs just outside the Cardinals locker room. But being able to save that locker that Pat Tillman used, and now all of a sudden it is a major point to be shown to new teams or new players, I should say, that walk through that facility. So Legendary Locker, Episode 1 of Folktales, September 8th. And, of course, much more on this in the days and weeks to come. And you are part of the uh, the, pro- the project, and I'm looking forward to seeing everything. It's 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 great uh, animation. There's been a lot of work put behind the scenes on it, so it's going to be fascinating, and it's going to bring back some great memories for those that have covered or, or those that have watched and follow the Cardinals for years. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. The past couple of days, we have a chance to hear from the young cornerbacks, Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan. And interesting, and we had known this about Marco Wilson because he was a guest on a recent episode of the Red Sea Report, which we host along with Kyle Vandenbosch. And Wilson at that point let us in that he was getting some tips, some advice from DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Marco Wilson brought that up again on Sunday. Tay Gowan mentioned it earlier on Monday. Here you have a veteran wide receiver who is focused on doing his job and helping the offense, yet he also has found the time to put his arm around Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan, two young cornerbacks, not asked to do it, but he feels it's his way of paying it forward, helping out two young players that maybe he believes in could be bright stars in this league and future corners, real corner and uh, impact players with the Arizona Cardinals. But just little tricks, little tips. Yes, he's a wide receiver, but... You know, that relationship, especially in practice and training camp, a wide receiver can certainly help out a cornerback, and a cornerback can help out a wide receiver. No doubt about it, and I give Hopkins credit because uh, both guys, Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan, have now told us that Hopkins, before the game, gave him a little pep talk, you know, just go out there and do what you do, don't overthink things, and we know that Tay Gowan was targeted at least five times um, I thought Marco Wilson should have had an interception. But here Hopkins is in street clothes, and he's willing to talk to these guys before the game. And, you know, he didn't have to do that. And he wanted to let them know about some of the other receivers. Now, granted, Noah Mari Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb was a little bit, and then you had Michael Gallup. And those are – probably Dallas has a lot of speed. All those guys can do something different. And the fact that he was telling them, even though some of those guys didn't play a ton of snaps, to me that speaks volumes of hop. I know maybe the perception is he's about himself. That's not true, though. Yeah, he is the consummate professional and a great teammate. Gowan, not knowing too much about Hopkins, did admit that he wasn't ready for that, wasn't expecting it. And I think if I was in his position, I probably would not have expected a superstar like a DeAndre Hopkins to pull me aside. Heck, you know, we're not even in the same position room. and I play a different position. I'm on the other side of the football, for goodness sakes. But it does, I think, indicate 
the team aspect of DeAndre Hopkins. He's reached a point in his career where he wants to win. He's got all these personal accolades, all these individual statistics, but he wants to win. Neither Wilson or Gowan were specific as far as what Hopkins was telling them, but I'm just trying to figure out, you know, is it is it footwork? Is it where your eyes should be? You know, you always say look at the receiver's hips, and that is the indication of which direction they're going to go. Or is it more, you know, the physicality, the leverage? Hey, you know what? Do this, don't do that, because officials are more likely to call X but not call Z. Just little things that I would love to know, and maybe we'll never find out because that's part of the secrecy of inside the locker room. No one likes to give away trade secrets, and I'm sure it's nothing that that big a deal, but just little details that I think certainly has helped Marco Wilson because I think he has made a tremendous progress from where he was at the start of training camp to now to where we both believe he is firmly planted at the number four cornerback. And going into week one – Marco Wilson will be active. He will be playing on special teams, and if something happens, he's going to have to, you know, be out there. But you got A.J. Brown, you got Julio Jones. Hop knows these guys; he knows their routes. And so, uh, you know, Malcolm Butler obviously played in Tennessee, but he didn't play with Julio Jones. He knows A.J. Brown and how effective he can be, you know, with the deep ball. So, it's just the fact that. You know, if they're thrown into the mix, and, and Gowan to me is behind Marco Wilson, even though he's starting to flash a little bit. And one of the things that he told us is Hopkins gave him his phone number. So, he, again, he, they don't have to do this kind of stuff. I know they're teammates, but one, they don't spend a lot of time in meetings together. You have a team meeting in the morning, and then everyone goes to their, their different meeting rooms. And, you know, defensive backs aren't hanging out with wide receivers now, maybe off the field. So, um, like I said, Hopkins – you know, last year I thought he should be practicing. Now, you know, now I see what's going on. But he's he's a, he's a really good teammate, and I think what you said is right. He wants to win, okay? Because he's he'll he can he'll have Hall of Fame numbers, just like Larry. And then he didn't win a championship. Well, he played with X amount of quarterbacks in Houston. He's now he's got Kyler Murray. So yes, they all want to get paid. And they all want to play. But when you get older, you want to win. There's a certain point in your career where it's not so much about how much is in your bank account. It's how much fun are you having on Sundays? Are you walking off the field with your head held high because you just got to win? And now all of a sudden it's double-digit victories. You're in the postseason. You're making a long playoff run. Your season didn't end in week 18 this year in 2021 with the expanded regular season to 17 games. So I like hearing these kind of stories because otherwise it's something that is buried. It never gets out of the locker room. And then all of a sudden guys earn reputations and that, you know, there was a certain reputation for DeAndre Hopkins. You brought it up. It's, you know, it's about him. And that's certainly furthest from the case here with the Arizona Cardinals. And Craig, I don't know if, uh, if we would have got this information on Zoom, because now the media that can ask questions, there's follow-up questions. In Zoom, you have to raise your hand, and then at some point, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, like, or let's say somebody outside of the media, they may get two or three questions in here. Now, 
if you if I ask somebody a question, you can follow up, and then another question. So I don't know if we would have got this in Zoom. I, it's just an observation that I uh, thought about today. It's a good point because I think guys standing at a podium a little bit more relaxed, and it's a little bit more personable. They can as opposed, see you. Yeah, as opposed to seeing you know a computer screen and a bunch of just faces. And um, yeah, it's it's much better. Uh, not perfect, but certainly making the best of a uh, bad situation with regards to COVID-19. A last point on the cornerback. You talk about, you know, number four, Marco Wilson. Now, Darko as Denard hasn't been on the practice field a lot. Daryl Worley kind of not seen too much time um, as far as reps. And then if you're going to keep six, or excuse me, you're going to keep five cornerbacks, you got Tay Gallon, Picasso Nelson, and Jace Whitaker, Worley, and Denard. So that might be a situation where, okay, you're playing the numbers game. Can you slide someone onto the practice squad, or are you concerned if you put that player through waivers that they'll get picked up by another team? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I, – I, again, Tay Gowan hasn't shown enough to where somebody's going to claim him. And now, again, it's not like he was your second-round pick and you're exposing him to the waiver wire. That would never happen. So, yeah, I, I got to think that they'll continue to look for another veteran guy just for insurance um, because – you know, uh, they like their top four guys, but we know that position um, based on Robert Alford's history, and he looks good, and Malcolm Butler, we know how physical he can play, and Byron Murphy. So I, I would think you'd still look at another veteran player there and hopefully Tay Gowan um, conti- continue to make progress and then try to slide him on the practice squad. But I, I like the top four corners. And the thing is, Chase Whitaker, he finds a way to get around the ball. I think he, I think he understands the defense. Um, they don't put too much on his plate. But the thing is, now if Denard is not able to practice, so you got Marco Wilson who can play inside and outside, and then you got Chase Witter who can play inside and outside, and then you got Byron Murphy. So curious to see that because if the Cardinals line up and a team's playing two tight ends, two wide receivers, it's going to be Byron Murphy and possibly Malcolm Butler. So Alford would be the odd man out there. And keep in mind when you talk about those two young corners, Wilson six feet tall. Gowan's six foot one. You like to see some height in that cornerback room on the football field to better defend some of these taller wide receivers. And I think both of those guys got long arms. And if so, if you can get tight coverage, you may not get the pick, but you're able to get your arm out there and deflect the ball. In a pass breakup, we watched Murphy in week one last year in another game, that those can change the game where a team is trying to get a touchdown and have to kick a field goal. Good stuff, MJ. You got a little workout in during this uh, episode of Cardinals coming. <laughs> and I'm not too. sweating or nothing. I'm just <laughs> I don't know. I was I usually talk with my hands, but today I just want I wish you had a GoPro in here because I I want to show these receivers what they have to do. They know, but I'm just trying to, you know, poke the bear a little bit. Awesome, awesome stuff. Appreciate it. On that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.